The super wealthy are not paying their fair share. It's, but it's time for corporate America. And the wealthiest 1% of Americans have just begun to pay their fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. He really should be telling ghost stories in a haunted house. Wow. And if he wasn't such an unbelievable hypocrite, hmm, pay your fair share, pay your fair share. Joe, did Hunter pay his fair share? That seems to be the very least of his crimes, but is that the worst it's going to get? Hmm? All that money coming in, spread out to your family members. I wonder, did all of these people pay their fair share for all this money coming in from all over the world? This is one of the biggest scandals in American history, and it is receiving scant attention. That should not dissuade us, though. Now, you have heard by now that Hunter is getting a slap on the wrist. Uh, what is it? No jail time um, and uh, misdemeanor, misdemeanor tax offenses. We'll get into the specifics of how that is so ludicrous and unfair in a little bit. But first, Joe actually, why did they get all that money? What was going on? Could Joe have answered the question out loud the other day? I was just thinking, uh, uh, Anyway, I started off without you, and I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I sold a lot of state secrets. That's what he said. I sold a lot of state secrets. And a lot of people suspect him of doing that. There's a Form 1023 over at the FBI that says he may have done that as Vice President of the United States. It certainly got the attention of Prime Minister Modi of India. The American press corps laughed it off. And they, oh, by the way, the ultimate threat to American democracy. Yeah, the true threat is American media. What they are doing right now, how they are protecting Joe, how they are covering all of this up, it is a sin against democracy. More on that in a moment. But $83,000 a month was coming into uh, Hunter via Burisma. This is just one of many streams of income. Now, we know from those whistleblowers, they allege that he actually didn't want to pay tax on any of that money. He didn't deserve the money to begin with. But those whistleblowers, uh, the question put to them by the House Ways and Means Committee. So this was an affirmative scheme by the taxpayer to avoid paying taxes. Mr. Shapley, the whistleblower, this is like textbook. I learned at basic training nominee stuff. Hunter tried to structure this payment from Burisma, according to these folks, as a loan, <laughs> as a loan from one of his shell companies so he wouldn't have to pay taxes on it. Next, please. And in all of the defenses, it was a loan. Got to have a promissory note. You got to have defined interest. You got to have repayments. And none of those were included. Their side was saying, this is just a loan. It's fine. But where's the promissory note? Where's the <laughs> they didn't have any of it because it wasn't a loan. Next, please. And we raised this to DOJ tax, the bosses. And in one particular instance to Jack Morgan, high ranking justice official, specifically saying this is not a loan. We don't have these three things. In any case, these are the three things we determine if it's a loan or not. And he said, this is not a typical case. What do they mean by that? Well, and do you think this is not a typical case? Refer to the fact that this was the vice president's son, Mr. Shapley. Yeah, yeah. I think that there was every single time the process could be bogged down by deferring to some other approval level. 
They took full advantage of that, slowing down the investigation to protect the Bidens. This is not some blog. This is not some Twitter account. This is the House Ways and Means Committee. All right. They are perfectly uh, legally authorized to have whistleblowers come to them and hear their story. And it totally checks out. You'll remember, though, there was a time where they were defending Hunter. Everybody, the swamp, saying Hunter had every right and every capability to be conducting all of this business all over the place. Hunter was bragging all the time about how good he was at international business. Wrote, did I make a mistake by taking a seat on the board of a Ukrainian gas company? No. Did I display a lack of judgment? No. Would I do it again? No. Yeah, and I, I meant what I said. I meant what I wrote is that, uh, you know, go to the beginning is that, you know, I went to Yale Law School. Um, I served on uh, at least a dozen boards before Burisma. I was a vice chairman of the board of Amtrak. Um, I was a chairman of the board of the uh, World Food Program U.S., largest, uh, supporting the largest humanitarian organization in the world. I had an expertise in corporate governance. I was asked to serve on the board for corporate governance. And I was a lawyer at um, Boyce, Schiller & Flexner, which was how I was first approached. So the nothing to see here crowd often cited Hunter's resume as a reason while there's nothing to see here, nothing at all. Now, he was a crack addict at the same time. That excuse has come into mm, fashion now. Hunter, he was recovering from an addiction, and anybody who raises questions about this is a very insensitive person. And by the way, everybody needs to back off Joe Biden about this. He loves his son. Back off. It is okay for him to love his son, and there's nothing wrong with it. They have no evidence of any kind of wrongdoing by Joe Biden, and it infuriates me that they're using this heartbreak against Joe Biden in this way. It's just not right. Uh, there's some evidence that Joe Biden might not have been such a hot father either in all of this. So in 2013, he takes his crack-addicted son to China. December of 2013, um, he actually was introduced to Hunter's business associates in a lobby over there. Uh, they all had a cup of coffee. Uh, that's uh, on record. Hunter has admitted to it. Here's the deal about him in 2013, though. This was a time where Hunter was using. According to the New Yorker magazine, an article he participated, he assisted with. He had another relapse in early 2013 after he suffered from a bout of shingles for which he was prescribed painkillers. When the prescription ran out, he resumed drinking. Also in 2013, May 2013, Hunter actually joined the Navy Reserve for a day. He had a urine sample taken for testing. A few months later, Hunter received a letter saying that his urinalysis had detected cocaine in his system. This is all in 2013, and this is all when he went to China with his dad conducting business. Now, this is the last place he belongs. I believe. I am not a drug counselor, but, you know, sometimes when you take somebody like that and you put them in proximity to the ultimate power, it can mess with the head. And it's still happening. What is Hunter doing flying on Marine One with his father uh, to Camp David as he did this weekend? You know, they have this phrase, too close to the sun. And actually, Teddy Roosevelt, one of his sons, wrote about this. It can mess with your head. And it's not a good place to be for, I'm going to say it, a guy who is struggling with addiction. All right? Having, quite frankly, struggled a little bit with addiction myself a long time ago. No hard drugs, but alcohol. Hunter, 
call me. Anyway, what about these text messages? This thing is big and it's being completely ignored. I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, who was then a former vice president of the United States about six months after he left office. All of these text messages were sent to Henry Zhao, a prominent Chinese Communist Party official who was doing business with Hunter. Big time business. And this text message, we believe, was sent from Wilmington, Delaware. We know Hunter was there based on the metadata in this photograph. The Marco Polo Institute provided that. As for Joe Biden's whereabouts, we're not sure. But circumstantially, I'd put him on the couch right next to Hunter. What happened a few days after? The Homeland Security Senate Committee actually determined that, yes, money from China hit accounts that Hunter Biden could control all the way just a few days after that. This is amazing stuff. At one point, we had an aggressive media in this country, somewhat. I mean, they were always biased. They always protected Democrats. But when you're confronted with stuff like this, they'd have to say something. And a few years ago, they did. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company it, wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Well, don't Who you said think that? that? Don't you think that it's just one of those things where people think, well, that seems kind of sleazy. Why would he have that job if not for his who his father was? Because he's a very bright guy. I guess the question I'm kind of asking is, appearance. was it right? His appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said he regretted having done it. Speak for himself. The grown man. Uh, no one. Who's asking that? Who's a everyone's asking that? Everyone. Yeah, but who? Everyone. Everyone. That's a long time ago, 2020, before the world went totally and completely insane. So this text message is released by the House uh, Ways and Means Committee. It's a big deal. Okay. The Meet the Press, the signature political show for the mainstream media. They don't mention it once yesterday. Not once. But here's the very strange thing. Um, he knows it's a big issue. I'll prove that in a moment. And one of his panelists knows it's a big issue. I want to go to Friday, the press conference where lightning struck and people were actually asking about this smoking gun evidence that might implicate the president of the United States. Curly wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask whether the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. That's Peter Baker for The New York Times. He's no dummy. He's been around for a long time. But he's owned by the left, I guess, because he shows up on the Meet the Press show and refuses to talk about it. It's not mentioned. You, this is the kind of thing that on a political roundtable show you, you talk about at the end of the week. These are week in review shows. Zero mention on all of Meet the Press on Sunday. Yet on Friday, you know what they have? 
baby meet the press that nobody watches and they can say things and the Biden administration isn't going to notice. But this text message got their attention uh, on baby meet the press. One place to start. Has there been any thought of either Hunter Biden or or through Hunter Biden's lawyer that he say whether or not um, those phone calls and text messages that are quoted by him that when he referred to his father, he was do we know whether his father was actually in the room? No, and I asked Corinne Jean-Pierre that exact question as well. I said, can you state definitively whether on July 30th, 2017, that text message you're referring to Mm -hmm. that was referred to by the IRS whistleblower, uh, again, somebody under sworn testimony, a former government official who is alleging this, whether she could speak to that in the White House. And specifically, Corinne Jean-Pierre told me, I have not spoken to the president about that. I asked her, do you plan to? Can you get us that answer? And she said... Chuck, no, I don't plan to speak to him about this, and I don't plan to address this from the podium. Wow. And that's why you're having other folks in the White House, like from yeah. oversight and investigations, having to address this from a different way, but certainly not on camera and not at the podium, which in many ways creates more questions sure does. about this issue. Sure does. Creates more questions. I heard Chuck Todd saying, wow, wow. So, again, this is baby meet the press. And the scam is, oh, they get credit. Yeah, we, oh, no, we talked about that. We reported it. But the main event, that silly Sunday show, no mentions of Hunter's text message. This is anti-democratic. They don't want people to know. You and I, we know these things, but a lot of people don't. And they believe these people. They think they're getting all the news. Well, now they did bring up Hunter's sweetheart plea arrangement. But the way they did it, well, it's kind of priceless. Check this out. You think it was appropriate for Hunter Biden to be at the same event uh, as the Attorney General Merrick Garland was in the same week he uh, accepted a plea deal? You know, I think as the president explains, that's his son. That's a separate thing. And I would like to say um, about that, that decision was made by an independent prosecutor who is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney uh, who had— 10 years of experience. Oh, boy. You know, the Trump, the guy wasn't even able to apparently make the decision himself. He had to talk to his bosses. What's really rich about this moment is not what she's saying. It's that she used to be the tenant of the guy who just asked the question. Chuck Todd used to be Senator Amy Klobuchar's landlord. Yes, she paid him rent. And you know that. I know that. But anybody who meets the press or watches that meets the press, they don't know that. It's never been acknowledged. That huge, blatant conflict of interest. They don't want people to, they don't want people to know about a lot of things uh, over there. State of the Union on CNN, no mention of Hunter's text. CBS, face the nation, deface the nation, as Trump likes to call it. No mention. Uh, this week with whoever the hell's hosting it this week, uh, no mention of Hunter's text. Now, you would think, though, they'd have a Republican come on. Hey, House Ways and Means Committee said this yesterday. They'd have to have some Republican come on and say that. No, they had Chris Christie. Is the anti-Trump message, is there any evidence that, that, that it's resonating? Absolutely evidence is resonating. John, I've been in the, in the race for less than three right. weeks. And this is what he does. He comes on and he bashes Trump. How about bashing Biden? You ever think about that? <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Now, That brings us to Fox Um, News. Hmm, Fox News. When have they let us down?
<laughs> we could we could make a movie about that. Actually, some movies have already been made. Yeah, the Fox uh, Shannon Bream Sunday show, Fox News Sunday, no mention. Well, they actually kind of mentioned it, but it was the strangest thing. Watch. Some other things that the whistleblower brought up, he brought up text messages and things that he said implicated suggestions of other potential issues that needed to be investigated. But he said that he was being stymied um, by the Justice Department during this investigation. Um, Christopher Clark, who's an attorney for Hunter Biden, says this. Any verifiable words or actions of my client in the midst of a horrible addiction are solely his own and have no connection to anyone in his family. Any suggestion the investigation was not thorough or cut corners or cut my client any slack is preposterous and deeply irresponsible. So Elizabeth, pushing back hard, reminding folks where Hunter Biden was in the midst of this, but not necessarily denying that these texts and things attributed to him could be legitimate. So what happened there? They spent more time on the denial than the actual allegation. And how do they speak about the allegation? Did you hear it? Did she even mention Hunter Biden or Joe? One more, just a, that little nugget, please. Some other things that the whistleblower brought up, he brought up text messages and things that he said implicated suggestions of other potential issues that needed to be investigated. Okay, let's put that up on the screen, please. This is implicated suggestions of other potential issues. Wow. What are their marching orders? Why are they protecting Joe Biden? Is it, I think they want to hurt Trump? I don't know, but that's no way to ask that question on their signature political show because the House Ways and Means Committee, I mean, I think they deserve a little bit of credibility and respect, don't you? Whistleblowers say reoccurring unjustified delays pervaded the investigation, including an authenticating a WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden demands payment from Chinese officials, noting that his father is in the room. Wow, that's clear cut. He said it. <laughs> Anyway, suggestions that could be interpreted as possibly negative for some persons. Thank you very much, Chairman Jason Smith. So where are we? Hunter Biden. The deal is what? Uh, they're going to skip that felony gun charge. That goes away. Pleads guilty to two tax misdemeanors. No jail time. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. But I seem to remember from the news Prominent people going to jail for not paying taxes. And people, nobody knows, going to jail for not paying taxes. Here are some notables. Wesley Snipes, the actor, sentenced to three years in prison for failure to pay taxes. That happened a while back. Daryl Strawberry, back in the day, sentenced three months in prison. Three months house arrest, tax evasion. Lauren Hill, singer in the Fugees, I believe, three months, failure to pay taxes. Who remembers this guy, Richard Hatch, season one of the, uh, what show was that again? Survivor, sentenced to 51 months, failure to report or, or earnings. Pete Rose, did he really bet against baseball? I have, a, I have a feeling he got a raw deal here. Sentenced to five months, failure to report earnings. Leona Helmsley, sentenced four years, failure to pay taxes. Wow, wow. And Joe Biden can wag his finger at the American people. Shaming people, hiring how many more thousands of IRS tax agents, right? Hunter's not going to jail. These people did ultimate in hypocrisy. And this is a big scandal, and we can't drop it. We've got to stay on this. Everybody, tell your friends. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. In the dead of night, you're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength disabilities or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back, and you're ready to fire. That is pretty ingenious, actually. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience, available with all EAA Corp distributors. Starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today, eaacorp.com. Uh, so what's going on in Russia? I don't quite no <laughs> it's a very confusing situation so who are these guys again the wagner group whatever a group of mercenaries and they try to take over the country but they quit 15 minutes later um, it's such a bizarre place and here's a prime example of that the defense minister is a guy named shoigu that's him shoigu looks like a typical russian general but here's the thing he never served in the military Never served in the military. He was a, uh, basically, he was the disaster response guy. And before that, he had a career as a contractor slash engineer and a consultant. Now he's, now he's wearing a uniform and defending the country. He's not qualified. Everybody seems to understand that, especially, especially Putin. Yeah, his, his resume is just not worthy. It doesn't, he doesn't have the goods to be the defense minister. Maybe why they totally screwed up everything in Ukraine and beyond. Look at Putin meet him uh, earlier this month. Watch what happens. Sees the guy and whoop, turns his back on him <laughs> in public. He's letting everybody know that he's fed up with this guy and maybe he's going to lose his job soon. Anyway, the person who's really mad at him, Putin, it seems like, is this Prigozhin. He's the head of the mercenaries, the Wagner Group, and he started the Wagner Group. Man, is he mad. He makes these videos all the time where he's just going nuts. Watch. All right, all right. This is going to give me nightmares, bad dreams. Yikes. All right. He's in charge of the militia, the, 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 the mercenaries. He's angry at Shoigu, the defense minister, for not giving en enough bullets. And you got to have bullets if you're in war. But this guy, he's leading combat operations for this major group. He was selling hot dogs in his 30s. No kidding. He was a hot dog salesman. And Putin took a liking to him. He went from the hot dog stand to opening a fancy restaurant to opening a catering business. And uh, that's what that's his expertise. That's what he does. Um, now, in, the, in his 20s, he was a bit of a criminal, uh, petty, petty crimes and spent most of his 20s in jail. Anyway, that place is so strange, Russia. It is not a meritocracy. A meritocracy, you know, where you're 
you're judged on your achievements and on, on, on your ability. And, um, you know, that's not a meritocracy. And <laughs> it's looking more and more like America is following suit. So many people here, especially the president of the United States. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. Did he get there on the merits? No way. Now this. What they're saying yeah i think this is a hate crime they're coming for our children i am so over this gay pride month it's getting totally out of control we're here we're queer we're coming for your children and i heard from some people today oh there it's just a metaphor it, they're just trying to freak you out well it does freak me out and so do these displays uh in the street in front of children i believe them I believe that there are certain elements uh, coming for our children. Uh, what, what, what is the explanation? What, what else would this be about? What else would the drag time story hour for children be about? It's insane. It must stop. But it continues. You know, I want to show you a scene from 1957, I believe. Look at this family emerging from church. You know what they're wearing? Their Sunday best. Their Sunday best. Have you ever even heard that phrase anymore, Sunday best? Everybody wears pajamas on the weekends, even when they go out. So you look at that image, compare it to what we have today. Look closely here. Another drag time situation where uh, you got parents with children, little kids. This is a society in free fall. And corporate America says this is okay. It's not. It's evil. So... How did all, how do we get here? How do we get to LGBTQIA plus? LGBTQIA plus. Because I remember when it was just LGB. LGB. And they talked about LGB. And I was listening. I was listening to what they had to say. We were the go-to LGB authority. The commission has also found that discrimination against lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals. LGB students are two times more likely to be bullied than heterosexual students. I don't like any of that, okay? I, yeah, that's, that, all that stuff's bad, valid points. And then 10 years ago, gay marriage was uh, achieved. Do you remember this? You cannot imagine the roar of this crowd when it became evident the first decision the court was going to announce today was the landmark ruling that this crowd has been waiting for. You can hear the cheer in the crowd, a very dramatic moment here, a 5-4 decision written by Justice Anthony Kennedy. This is a, a total victory for the advocates of same-sex marriage. It was a ruling decades in the making. A hard-fought victory for the right to marry, guaranteed in a landmark decision that emphasized equality for gays and lesbians. Okay, what do you do next? What does a group like the Human Rights Campaign do? Human Rights Campaign is a, um, well, a major uh, political force. I guess you'd call them a lobbying group for gay rights. And they achieve the ultimate, right? Now you can get married just like us. Congratulations. 
so they needed more victims. They needed more grievance. And that's when LGB became LGBT and then LGBTQ and then the I and the A and the plus. And they have to keep kind of looking for stuff to feel victimized about or grievances. And uh, I think that's how we found ourselves actually seeing drag queens in schools. And somehow this is supposed to be a civil right. It's disgusting and it must be stopped and it's dangerous. And maybe, maybe the, uh, the conversation about gay marriage, we didn't have a, a sufficient one. Maybe Barack Obama was right. With respect to gay marriage, I, I do not support uh, gay marriage, but I support a very strong version of civil unions. Sounds reasonable to me. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your 20-minute daily news update. I have to tell you how the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is making my life Eden better. It uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, and mold pretty much anywhere in your home and fast. It's only about the size of your hand, so you can plug it in anywhere, behind a sofa, behind a bed, quickly eliminates odors from trash cans, litter boxes, cigarette smoke, cigar smoke, or whatever. Gone. I have one in the kitchen, another in the bedroom. The thunderstorm sends out O3 molecules which destroy odors, viruses, and mold with air so pure you can smell it. And we are loving our Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifiers. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack and start enjoying your whole home again. Get three units for under 200 bucks. Put one anywhere you need clean, fresh air. And if you travel, take it with you for hotel rooms. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code GREG to save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, PureDeals.com, discount code GREG, and shipping is free. That moment... Where Leah Thomas, they made her the champion when she was the cheater. And Riley Gaines, one of the best swimmers ever, is in second place. It was totally ridiculous, but something amazing has happened as a result. They messed with the wrong woman, Riley Gaines. Riley, welcome back. Uh, You were awesome last week at the Senate. Um, And actually, I have a highlight reel all set to go. First of all, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Thank you so much. How did it feel to testify last week? Man, it's, um, this is just never something I could have prepared for. This is never something that I, I really equipped myself for. I was totally thrust into this position that I'm in now, but I'm taking it on. I'm rolling with the punches and I'm learning day by day. Well, you are absolutely completely and totally equipped. And I think you're equipped by God, quite frankly, for this challenge. Here are some highlights of your testimony last week before the United States Senate. I raised Thomas in the 200 free cell, which ended up in a tie. Um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. Having only one trophy, the NCAA handed it to Thomas and told me I had to go home empty handed. And when I asked why, which was a question they were not prepared to be asked, I actually appreciate their honesty because they said, Thomas, it was crucial. Thomas had it for picture purposes. I felt betrayed. I felt belittled. I felt reduced to a photo op. But my feelings didn't matter. In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, 
The NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas, a six foot four, twenty-two year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Wow. And uh, when you go around with a message like this, this is earlier, how you're greeted for speaking the truth. They got to call a SWAT team to uh, to rescue you. Um, Riley, when you tell that story about Leah Thomas in the locker room, it makes you emotional each time I noticed. It really does. Um, And I think those feelings have developed even more over this past year. I have a little sister. She's 14 years old. She's the Tennessee state champion in gymnastics. And I think about this happening to her. I just got married. I just celebrated my one year anniversary actually. And I can only hope one day that I get to have a daughter and I can't imagine her having to go through this. And that's why I'm fighting this. And that's why I'm emotional. Um, It's really without even over exaggerating that experience in regards to the locker room is really traumatic, not just because of, Um, what we saw in the locker room, but really, and and I mentioned this in the Senate hearing, it's traumatic for me because it was so easy for the officials and the people in charge to dismiss our rights to privacy as women. And that's a scary, chilling thought. They wanted to normalize this so bad, and that's what we're seeing happening across the country. And you have a lot of opposition. I was kind of shocked. I mean, your, your case is airtight, in my opinion. But right there, a few seats away on that Senate panel is this Dr. Lopez. I think she's from the Human Rights Campaign. And, uh, well, let's listen to that. Dr. Lopez, <clears throat> do you believe that Leah Thomas had a, an advantage uh, in swimming because... She was a biological male who transitioned sometime late in college. I am not a sports medicine physician. Um, I can only um, relate to the stand of the sports medicine federal um, associate, international association. What do they say? They do not recommend the exclusion of transgender individual do in they sports. Believe- All right. And uh, there was somebody else there as well. I mean, there's a lot of pushback to this common sense stuff. What would you like to see uh, happen? And as a result of last week, do you think you're closer to making that happen? You know, I really am. I feel like the tides are turning. I feel like more and more people are waking up. More and more people are rolling up their sleeves and willing to say enough is enough. And really, this isn't even just Republicans. This issue has become politicized, but it's not a political issue. Make no mistake. The majority of even Democrats know, especially in regards to sports, that men and women's sports is wrong and it's unfair. They know this. It's just politicians and legislators, they're not voting as such. They're not voting the way their constituents want them to vote. And so I think we're going to see the tides turn. Um, more and more people are willing to draw a line in the sand and say this, that this is harmful um, to women. More and more people also, though, are kind of signing up for this hideous ideology. I want to show you this. This is uh, since 2019 in New Jersey public schools. Let's go ahead and put that full screen up. There has been an increase of 4,000 percent of students who identify as non-binary. 4,000 percent. I would call this social contagion. You know, people signing up for something they don't understand because right now it's kind of cool in certain in certain areas, in certain realms. It's considered a it's a shortcut to status. Have you seen that yourself? I definitely have. 
even being from Tennessee, which is, you know, it's a conservative red state. We're seeing this. We're seeing it in high schools. We're seeing it in middle schools. Again, I mentioned my sister. She's 14 years old. She's going into the high school next year where they have litter boxes. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. It's a social contagion. And, and ultimately, what I believe it is, I think it's a fad. I think it's it's a trend. That's not to say people really don't struggle with gender dysphoria. But by the way, the exponential increase, um, we've seen this exponential increase. I think it's clear and definite to say that this is a trend. Well, Riley Gaines, we're so glad that you are on the case. And uh, to you and your husband, all the best. Stay in touch. Many thanks. And your little sister, too. All right. <laughs> Take care. And Thank we'll be you, right Greg. back. Yes. Thank you. you. East Palestine, Ohio, February 3rd, 2023. What is that? Five months ago. And they're still dealing with an environmental calamity. Uh, the water, well, look at it. Look at it. We're told it hasn't gotten much better. No Joe Biden, although Donald Trump went there uh, very early on. We'd like to bring in our friends Tammy and Rick Chai, residents of East Palestine, Ohio. They're very close to actually ground zero in all of this. This is about the third or fourth time you've joined us. By the way, you yes, both sir. look great. You look better. I know uh, you've, at one point you were both kind of, you had various ailments. Um, welcome back. How are you feeling and how are you doing? Just exhausted. Just exhausted. Tired. This is very exhausting. Five months. We're still drinking bottled water. We're still cooking with bottled water. It's crazy. Yeah, that, do you, that film you showed at the beginning, that was just last week, me filming. I also filmed a uh, drone shot the other day of the 1.2 million gallon Shamu tanks that are open to the air, off-gassing, people are getting sick. Um, the creeks are criminally and horribly still yes. contaminated. Uh, what little cleanup they are doing, they're just stirring up the chemicals and shipping them off to neighboring counties in West Virginia. Um, it's uh, all the while the mayor and city council has approved a what I call a shrine to Norfolk Southern as they are now building a $25 million amphitheater and park Paid for you know, by Norfolk Southern. Yeah, paid for by Norfolk Southern. Um, I think this town and a lot of the town is just money drunk. Um, there are still people suffering. How many homes would that buy? How many water purification systems would that buy? Or air filtration systems would that buy? Wait, the railroad set up a theater in town and public officials uh, love that because it's money, it's jobs, but it's not fixing the problem, right? Correct. Correct. If it, I mean, it's one thing to give us money for a new park amphitheater, fix up the pool. But what about the same amounts, if not more, to dredge the creeks and pull out all of those chemicals so people aren't still sick? You know, we have many people that have tested positive for vinyl chloride metabolites in their bodies, as well as benzene. And people are terrified for this. So the CDC, uh, Dr. Chang from the CDC was asked, what, what do we do about it? And he says, we may not know how to, to get rid of or treat the vinyl chloride in the body, but we know how to treat those cancers. Now imagine you're a 17-year-old high school athlete that tested positive for vinyl chloride, which has happened, or a family of three with a young child that's tested positive for vinyl and, chloride, and, Greg, and you hear this. Um, I have uh, patients, uh, an entire family tested positive for the chemicals, um, including benzene, which is one of the most carcinogenic chemicals uh, known to man. Um, it's been five months now. Uh, the father, three weeks ago, felt a lump in his chest. 
Um, it has tripled in size since then, and he uh, was just diagnosed with a rare form of male breast cancer. And I cannot prove causation or correlation, but I'm just stating two, two facts side by side. Wow. There's a lot of people still getting sick here. Yes. All right. So, look, the media, they moved on. Uh, the yes. Democrats, quite frankly, never really gave, gave much of a damn to begin with. I mean, look at this. Joe, look at Joe Biden and his promises uh, over a period of weeks. Uh, let's see here. He's well, he's been to all these places. And then mm. let's listen to him and his fake promise about going to East Palestine. Hit it. All right. Forget this guy. He's it's all gibberish and he's all over the place and he never actually uh, made good on the pledge. All right. Yeah. So what do you need? I mean, well, we want to thank you for the last time you had us on. You helped us get our first goal of our fundraiser that we were able to raise enough money to give to one of the um, residents in town was $10,000 because of your program. And we were able to bring in a lot of water for residents. And we are greatly appreciative of that. Um, but I just I do want to say that, you know, it's a it's not a political issue. At this point, it's a human issue. People are suffering. And, and I can't, and I'd like to be political about it, but I can't help but wonder what would have happened if, if President Trump were still in office. Uh, a lot of folks are wondering. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm so sorry, uh, Rick. I got to go. But do me a favor. East Palestine off the rails. East Palestine yeah. off the rails is the GoFundMe. East Palestine off the rails. So happy that uh, that woman and I, I heard about that. And, and that's great. So, right. look, yes, keep it up. Right. Hang in there. And, uh, and we'll YouTube keep channel TSAIPOD. You can see all the chemicals in the creeks that I've been filming. TSAIPOD Chipod on YouTube. Got it, sir. Many thanks to you both, Tammy and Rick. We'll Many see you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Uh, Anderson Lee Aldrich went into a gay nightclub and killed five people, injured 25 others. He identified as non-binary. Anyway, he pleaded guilty today to five counts of murder, 46 counts of attempted murder. He will be going to prison for life. However, you must know this. The pronouns, they, them. Preferred pronouns, they, them. Yeah, non-binary. And we are seeing more and more that mm, transgender individuals, non-binary individuals, are actually, well, popping up in mass shootings as the perpetrators. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her liberal friends are wrong about this. We have the radicalization of young men. This is an issue. Um, young women are not doing this. Young, non-binary people are not doing this. Trans people are not doing this. This is an issue that we have. And that's a stereotype and a prejudice that you have because uh, women and trans people are doing this all over the place. Let's go through it. Uh, in Nashville, yeah, Audrey Hale, transgender, killed six people. This is a long list. We're only going to do partial uh, list here. Harvey Marcelin, transgender woman, killed two people. Uh, Christian Jeffers last year, transgender woman, attacked a man with a hammer. 
Alex McKinney, transgender, killed one, eight injured, mass shooting in May of 2019 in Denver. Uh, it just it goes on and on and on. And maybe just maybe there's a correlation here. Hey, who remembers this scene? This is from Dog Day Afternoon. This is the true crime when that bank was robbed in uh, Brooklyn. Did you know that the bank robbers were looking for money to pay for a sex change operation for that person in the wedding dress? It's true. And it became a hit movie, Dog Day Afternoon, uh, based on a true story. And transgender was a big component in the whole thing. Go figure. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.